Good afternoon, everyone. They're very quiet. <laughs> My name is Sophia. I'm, I'm married to Louis. We've got two children. Um, Sean, who's writing his final exam, so he's sleeping at 2 a.m. And Siobhan, who is in year, oh God, 10. <laughs> so that's the introduction done. Um, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your words to us today. Thank you for um, opening our hearts to hear from you. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We are grateful to you. I ask, Lord, that you speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we are looking at um, hospitality, practicing the way. Um, in the first meeting, of course, the feedback I get from those that are closest to me is, you are Russian. Slow down. So I am prepared to slow right down. And if I'm going to slow, please just raise your hand and let me know, and I'll pick it up again. Um, so we, we um, are looking at the topic of hospitality. And I did mention in the first meeting that the first time um, I sort of mentioned it in passing about hospitality, I basically shuddered because um, um, Lou and I were part of a ministry for about 20, well, I for 25 years, him for a lot less than that. And we used to hold really big conferences in London. So I'm talking of the O2, Wembley Arena, those kind of massive places, and it would be filled to capacity. Now, I was never in the, inside the meeting because I was always backstage, behind the scenes, doing all sorts. So the one role that we had for a very long time was host and hostess. So we're the chief host and chief hostess. That wasn't funny. So it basically meant that we prepared the rooms, we made sure all the guest ministers were okay, the choir, everybody that was involved in the front end, we made sure that they were okay. So um, we did that for quite a long time. And then um, after a while, I was now made to be the head of hospitality. Right. So when I told some of the leaders then that, you know, when they heard the announcement that, oh, um, um, you know, Sophia, you're going to lead hospitality, they were like, hmm. And I didn't quite know what that hmm was until I started the department and we started running things. And then I realized that it was a mammoth task. We had, you know, I had to coordinate teams from Nigeria, teams in England, over 100 people working, and, you know, um, making sure they were fed, airport transfers, security protocol, and including um, the pastors that would call at 2 a.m. because they want Nigerian jollof rice. You know, so it was that kind of thing. So the word hospitality for me was, ah, nah, that is a no-no. But one thing I have, I've learned, you know, in my work with God is this. God does not waste experiences. It is either used by God or sent by God. There is no devil in it. So whatever it is that you might be facing, whatever crisis, whatever adverse experience, the question is, Lord, is this going to be used by you or is it sent by you? What, what, what is it that I need to learn in this situation? And so um, I had to go on a journey to learn what hospitality is, and that's part of what I'm going to be sharing with you. We've heard you know, the beautiful um, presentations about group life, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well. So when you think of hospitality, does this come to mind? I hope it doesn't, or maybe it does. I don't know if that's a good thing. But that's not my table, just so you know. That is a stock image from Google. And 
The reason that I put that there is because the minute I typed in hospitality, you know, in doing my research, that came up, and I thought, wow. So this is what the world defines hospitality to be. That's you know, entertainment, entertaining visitors, and 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 you know, people that come into your space. But for us as Christians, hospitality has got to be more than entertaining. There's got to be more that God wants to do with us in this series with our hospitality. And when we look in the scriptures, we see that there, there aren't really instructions about hospitality as such. However, there are lots of examples. And I think that's the best way to learn. Um, so I'm a teacher, so I'll probably have, I'm talking with my teacher brain now. You know, when you do long division, which is the bone of contention for many children. When you do long division, I realize I have to do several examples. In fact, I have to create a mnemonic. Let me tell you what a mnemonic is. It's do meerkats swim backwards. So basically, division, multiply, subtract, and bring down. If you don't know what that is, don't even worry about it. Just let it wave. Um, but the point is, you do several examples because you want the person in front of you to understand what you are saying. And that is what the Bible does for us. There are several examples of hospitality, of the experience of hospitality, of what it looks like. And I think we should look at the first one. But before we do that, the, what I was explaining to us last week about radically ordinary hospitality, I want us to look at this and just keep that in our focus as we go through. It focuses, so that kind of hospitality, it's called radically ordinary. And as we, as we go through scriptures, we'll see why it is radical and how ordinary it is, but the kind of impact it makes. It is one that focuses on bearing the image of God. What it does is, it seeks to simultaneously build up the family of God as it adds and includes those that do not yet know Christ. You know, when, when, when I, I, I come up to, to speak, when I have the opportunity to, I'm always asking because I know that it is not really about what I'm coming to say to you. It's about what God is doing in me. <laughs> so when this came up, I thought, okay. So as we started looking at the series, I thought, all right, there is one thing. Group. I haven't joined the group. So quickly, <laughs> I had to find out what is the closest group to me. And I found that. And Hello, everybody. Just making the announcement, I have joined a group. So I'm in a group. <laughs> so I said that because just after the first meeting, someone came up to me and said, I never thought of joining a group before. Now I understand the heart behind it. I am going to join a group. And that is how God makes impact with his word. So let's see. Let's start with Abraham. So that image there, I don't know if you can see Sarah in the back laughing. I love that lady. When I get to heaven, I'm just going to sit with her and say, come, how did that go? Anyway, she, she, she's in the background laughing. But let's see what, what the story is about. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 to 5. I'm going to read it from um, the scriptures I have here. It says, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. So we see this. The Lord appeared to Abraham. But the next few verses actually tell us what transpired, which is really interesting. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. He could have walked on. He could have just, like, oh, I don't know why they're standing there. I'm just going to mind my business, like we all do. And I do that a lot. 
I'm like, why are they standing there? Not my business. I don't care. Face the other way. But look at what Abraham did. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tents to meet them, and he bowed low to the ground. Now, we need to understand that Abraham was a man of God, and he understood spiritual, um, the spiritual things and understood the importance of things like that. So the fact that he bowed low to the ground gives an inkling that he kind of understood that these were special people, even though they were strangers, he had never seen them before. There was something about them that would make a difference in his life. Then verse 3, he said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. So this is the bit, the hospitality bit. Let a little water be brought. Then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. He gave them rest. He gave them solace. Verse 5, he said, let me give you something to eat. He didn't just stop there. He went further. Let me give you something to eat so that you can be refreshed. So that you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Abraham wasn't planning for these guys to stay with him. What he just wanted to do was to show them hospitality, refresh them, and they would be on their way. And it says, now that you have come to your servant, very well, the answer, do as you say. So we see here the picture, Abraham and Sarah providing these strangers with hospitality. That's a great model to follow. If you read on in the, the following verses, you will see what happened. As they, as, as they ate and they were refreshed, one of them, who we now understand to be the Lord, said, where is Sarah? And yeah, she, of course she was hiding in the background. And then gave a word that unlocked God's promise in their life. And said, by this time next year, Sarah will be with the child. Bear in mind that Abraham and Sarah had been waiting. Their show of hospitality did something impactful in their lives. Not only did he bring God's presence to them, it changed the course of history. And that's what hospitality does. Look at what this, Bible, this verse says in Hebrews chapter 13. It says, do not neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, look at the bracket, especially among the family of believers. So really, with hospitality, God wants us to start with ourselves. And it says, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For by, for by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. God is saying here, look, this is what I want you to do. Be friendly, be gracious, be generous. Share the comforts of your home and do your part generously. That is what hospitality is. Hospitality brings God's presence in our midst. God wants us to be hospitable. And so if, you, if, you, if, you, if we go back to, to the example we've just looked at, we see that there is a direct relationship between what Abraham and Sarah did with the manifestation of God's presence in their lives. Do you know that Abraham could have missed that opportunity? He could have looked away from these strangers. He could have said, well, and." Um, Oh, you're on your way. Oh, hello, how are you? And then just walked away. But the fact that he, he implored them to stay, he showed hospitality to them, that opened up a door of opportunity for him. I wonder in our lives how many times we have stopped to talk to somebody, stopped to refresh somebody with our words. And such opportunities will open up what God is set to do in our lives. And then we read on. 
It's not just Abraham. There's several examples of hospitality in the scriptures. These are Old Testament examples. Take Rahab. You know, some, some, a lot of when you type Rahab on the internet or do some research yourself, people know her as Rahab the prostitute. So, you know, we can talk about the prostitution, but we can talk about what God did with her. Because there is, there is, there is, there, you, could, you could focus on the, on the negative and say, oh, she did this, she did that. But then, what did God do? What did she do? She showed hospitality to those spies. And because of that, how profound God preserved her generation. What she did, that simple act was transgenerational to the point that she showed up in the lineage of Jesus because of her hospitality. We see Elijah, Elijah and the widow in the first meeting. I made a joke about this because there was famine in the land. There was no food. There was cost of living crisis to the max. People could not afford to buy milk or whatever it was they could buy at Tesco in those days. And yet this woman said, all I have is enough food for me and my son to eat just the once and then we'll die. She was ready to die because there was nothing left. And guess what this man of God said? This pastor, what did he say? He said, go and make that for me. I would question that. I said, uh, hello, man of God. Um, I don't know if you understood what I just said. I said, the food is enough for me and my son. How do you think I'm going to give you some? But she responded. And that's what hospitality does. It might not be convenient you know, because if, if I'm saying this now, I'm thinking of myself, I'm, I'm very introverted. I, I'm one of those people that will come into this room. I'll look around for somebody I know. If I don't see anybody I know, I'm just going to stay in the corner. I'm quite content on my own. <laughs> I'm quite content just being in the corner. It doesn't bug me. I'm not, I'm not sad. I'm not unhappy. But that's just me. But what does God want us to do? He wants us to open up. Because that's what this woman said. I am eating for myself or my son, and that's it. But Elijah said, you go home. Come on, let's do this hospitality thing. Go and make that. And we see the miracle there. God's presence went into that woman's house. And for the rest of the famine, she had enough food, not just for herself, her son. She also had enough food for Elijah. Those are things that only God can do. Next one, Elisha. Another good story. So we, ha we have the Shunammite woman who the Bible lets us know that she was a woman of means, you know, she was quite wealthy. And Elisha would periodically come into her house. She's prepared a room for him to stay. And eventually Elisha said, what does this woman want? I mean, she's been so hospitable to me. What can I give in return? And, she, and she was, he was told that she didn't have a child. So he, he prophesied and then she had a child. And then child grew and then child died. She was not happy. And she went to him and said, did I ask you for a child? Did you not say that I was comfortable? I had money, I didn't, I didn't need a child, but now the child you've given me has died. Well, you see, eventually we, we read the story, the, the child came back to life. But the point I'm trying to bring, bring there is the root of that was her hospitality. So the more we, we show hospitality, the more God expands ideas in us. And, and I want us to see here that hospitality is beyond just the meals. Because, you know, um, in the first meeting, I made the very big mistake of offering jollof rice. And, you know, the number of people that came to me and said, that jollof rice, I'm coming to your house to get it. <laughs> so I think we'll, we'll prepare a day where I'll make jollof rice and everybody can come with their bowls and take the jollof rice and go home. But it's, it's more than the meal. We read in the Bible, God said in Leviticus 19, it says, treat the foreigners like your own. 
Treat the strangers like your own. Hospitality cuts beyond race. It's beyond your skin color. It's beyond what you're wearing, where you're from, what you look like, your accent, everything else. It gets better. Luke chapter 10, a very, very famous story, the Good Samaritan. And upon this, so many, many, many charities have started. So let's look at it in detail in the light of what we are talking about. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. If we back up to verse 29 or verse 28, this was Jesus replying to a question. The question is in verse 29. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? You know Jesus is really patient. I would even answer. I'll just give you the face. <laughs> but Jesus always replies with a story. So Jesus told the story. Here we go. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Verse 31. By chance... A priest, in other words, a pastor, you know, an elder, like Gareth, came along. I don't know why I'm using Gareth because he's in front. Anyway, but when he saw the man lying there, this is what the priest did. He crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. You know, the question we're asking in the first meeting was, why did he go to the other side? Maybe because he didn't want to, you know, be held accountable. Did you, did, did you, did you hear what happened on the road to Jericho? Did you? I, sorry, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. My eyes were in the Lord. I was on my way to church. I saw nothing. Right, let's see what happened next. Verse 32, a temple assistant, otherwise known as a Levite, walked over. This one was quite curious. He walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also took the other side of the road. Now, verse 33, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Verse 36. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandit? Jesus asked. Verse 37. The man replied, the man who showed mercy. And then Jesus said, go and do likewise. So let's, let's look at the picture here. Let's unpack this a little bit. So within the, the community there, it was a very religious community. You had the, the priests, so the high priest and the priest. Now that, that group, they were like, you know, the gods of the time. You know, they would stand in the, I don't know how many of you have watched Chosen. The first time I saw those high priests praying on the street corners, I totally understood the scriptures. They would stand there and say, oh God, I don't I. Oh, and they would stand there very loud. And you passing by, you'll be hearing everything they are saying. So they were seen as the most religious, the elites. Right under them, you then had the Levites, who were the ones that served in the temple and things like that. At the bottom of the pecking order was the ordinary Jew. So when Jesus was telling the story, I can imagine people shaking their head. Well, yeah, I get it. Well, priest is busy. What do you think, Jesus? Come on. <laughs> He's got things to do. He's got, you know, he's got meetings to run and things. Yeah. Uh, Levite. Oh, Jesus, come on. He's busy. But who comes along? A despised Samaritan. Understand the background. The Samaritans were distant relatives of the Jews. They were the people that were left behind during the captivity. And they intermarried with the Babylonians, the Assyrians, you know, the Gentiles of the time. And so when the, the, the Jews returned to, to their home, 
They despise this, their relatives. How could you marry from a different race? How could you marry from a different nation? So they were, they, there was a middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Samaritans. They did not see eye to eye. It was so bad that the shortest distance from one point to one point would be to go through, this, through, through Samaria. The Jews would rather take the long routes because of how bad the enmity was. And yet, who did Jesus choose in the story to show compassion and mercy? A Samaritan. What was Jesus saying there? That look, hospitality cuts beyond what you see. Because what it does is this. The man who showed compassion and mercy, that person demonstrates the character of Jesus. That's what hospitality does. Hospitality is about me opening up my world. Me opening up myself. Not focusing on the background of the person, but focusing on showing compassion and mercy. And where do I start the compassion and mercy? I start amongst my fellow believers. Just as we read in the scripture in Romans chapter 12, it says, especially, so starting first with your believing, with your believe, your believing brothers and sisters. Think about it. When you come to church, do you look out for a new face? Because God wants us to open up more, especially in our technological world, what we call our post-Christian world, the world where everything is done through an app. Now, I am a lover of apps, just so you know. I do everything through an app. When I realized that I could order, you know, there's a particular type of Nigerian soup called Eforiro. Don't worry if you can say it. But when I realized that I could order Eforiro through an app, my goodness, my world changed. On Friday evening, I have my Uber Eats driver downstairs in front of my school gate, knocking, Miss Sophia, come and take your food. And that's my for road done for the weekend. Everything is done through an app. And so for an introvert like myself, I'm like, ah, I don't need to talk to anybody, hallelujah. Just order, order, order. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Jesus wants us to go beyond that now. Because you see, as a Christian, you're not a lone ranger. Okay? You're not a silo. And the way to show hospitality is to welcome people in. For example, you're in church. What do you do? How are you today? How was your week? What is God doing in your life? You know, we ask, what is God doing in your life in Super Gang? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> and then we have to cajole them. Come on, God must be doing something. You know, keep going. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know, but as Christians, we'll probably find it easier to respond to that question. What is God doing in your life right now? What would you like me to pray with you about? And so, God wants us to do that. He wants us to open up more. He wants us to, to welcome people through tangible acts of love. He wants us to build relationships. And that is what hospitality is about. And what better way to do this than in our community groups? You know, so I'm quite excited, and you know, it was really nice because at the end of the first service, my community group people saw me, they're like, yay, and they were cheering for me. I'm like, yeah, my hype man. That's what community is about. And they're like, yes, and we're talking about our meeting tomorrow. I have no clue what's happening, but I'm just like, yeah, 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 that's okay, that's okay, I'll find out tomorrow. But that's what community is about. That's what hospitality is about. Another way to think about hospitality is the sharing of communion. When you think of Jesus, Oh, my God. He was hospitable from the beginning to the end. We saw last week when he went to Zacchaeus' house. We saw how he washed the disciples' feet. That was such a big thing. 
And then even in, 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 in communion, which is the central act of our hospitality, what did he do? He, he prepared the place ahead of time. And so all they needed to do was to come in and sit down and eat. And I love the fact that Jesus did not stop there. If we read in John, you know what he said? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. So even departing this world is not enough. Jesus is still engaging with us. Jesus is still thinking about how he will be hospitable to us. And that's the kind of character he wants us to, to demonstrate. And that is why it is radically ordinary. I was talking to a dear lady after the first meeting, and she said, do you know that I've always wanted to be more hospitable, but there was something stopping me. Now I know exactly what to do. I said, I don't even remember saying you should do anything. But she was like, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to pray about to remove that obstacle so that I can welcome God's presence in my life. That's what hospitality does. So I want us to, you know, we're going to share communion together in a moment now. As we do that, I want us to think that, think about hospitality as the heart of God. God invites people in. If you look at scriptures, even in Revelations, you know, Jesus said, he said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. <laughs> he wants to come in. He said, if you allow me in, I'll come in and dine with you. Come on. That is the heart of hospitality, right to the very, very end. He said, I want to come in. You invite me in. We look at, we look at the parables of Jesus, the parable of, of the banquet. The, the rich man had invited so many people, and they all had excuses. I cannot come, I cannot come, I cannot come. He got angry. He told his servant, go to the streets. Come on, let's stop looking at background now. Let's stop looking at who, who deserves to be on this list or not. Go into the streets. Find people. They found people. They came back and said, we've gotten everybody. But there is still room. He said, go now into the countryside. I need my house full. I want this place full because I am a hospitable God. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to open up to invite people in. Are you still here? Yes. You know, in our, in our individual lives, we know exactly what God is doing and how God is working with us and how God is, you know, challenging us and encouraging us to do things. So as you take communion today, that's what I want you to do. So what we're going to do, we're going to take communion. So the communion will have tables around the room. I'm challenging you today to take communion with somebody you've never spoken to before. I did that in the first meeting. I met somebody new. I'm like, yay. You know, because, of course, you know what I did? After the meeting, I went straight into that corner again. Well, somebody sought me out, which is amazing. You know, there might be somebody else that needs seeking out today. Find that person. Pray with them. Ask them. How are you? What is God doing in your life? And that would open up a conversation and build relationships. And next week, when you see them, please don't be that priest. Don't look away. Say hello, if you remember their name. And how are you? Oh, we met last week. We're having communion together. That's, that's what God is calling us to. That's what God is calling us to. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for showing us the character of Jesus. Thank you for opening up our hearts. Lord, as we take the communion, as we walk and lean deeper into hospitality, we ask 
that you open up our hearts to receive you. Open up our hearts to receive others. Open up our hearts to welcome others in the name of Jesus. Thank you for working in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.